people say ain't no good And I'm crazy as a loon Cause I shave my head in the morning Pick guitar in the afternoon Just like old Chief and Charlie I like to lay around in the shade Well, I ain't got no money But you better believe I got it made Cause I ain't asking nobody for nothing Country boy alone. What's up, everybody? It's Jesse Wayne Taylor, and I'm coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee. Bald-headed country boy. Got another bald-headed country boy over here. My dad, Papa T. Papa T's in the house. He was here with me. Two weeks ago, we sat down and, and took some time to do this. And last weekend, my sister was in town. And when she's in town, dad is pretty... Yeah, we have to dote on her a little bit. Sorry, you Dad, boys. You boys do get the short end of the stick when the when the girls in town. I'm sorry. So yeah, she's she's travel nursing and and we don't get to see her very often. And so we ended up uh, not making the time to get together to do this. But I'm glad we're getting to do it today. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. It's not a beautiful feeling. It is very very cold outside. It's it is cold outside. It just snowed a little bit here in Nashville. Friday, it was 65 degrees. Friday night, we ended up getting about four inches of snow. And now it is cold as all get out out there right now. It is freezing. Blistering. So, welcome to Nashville, where yeah. if you don't like the weather we're having today, stick around. It's definitely going to change. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, That's only in Nashville, Tennessee, can you get a sunburn and make snow cream in the very same day. But it can happen. It can happen. It, it can, can happen. happen. It's happened before. Speaking of snow cream, I didn't get to make any this time. That just really bums me out. It really Probably does. Probably the last, the last measurable snow we'll have all year long, and I didn't make any snow cream. It does fire you up to make some snow cream. Dude, I'm telling you, I am a snow cream making fool. Which is so funny to me. It's Why good. Is it funny? It's good. It's just like, there's lots. If you go to Kroger, there's so many, so many ice cream options there all right affordable so, ice so, cream options okay all right you make a good point now let me explain to you why <laughs> uh, you, let, let me defend myself here on, on the snow cream making all right when we were growing up we didn't always have ice cream in the house believe it or not we didn't have ice cream ice cream was a luxury we only got it on special occasions and uh i remember I remember Daddy would take us to a little market that was owned by your mother's great aunt and uncle, Jim and Edith Nolan. It's where the restaurant is now. What's the name of that restaurant uh, out there in Fairview? Uh, Thompson's Kitchen is now. All right. That was Mr. Jim and Miss Edith Nolan's store. And Daddy would take us on Friday nights, and he would get an eight-pack of double colas, and he would let my sister and me get a pint of ice cream. That was our that was our treat for the week was getting the double colas and a pint of ice cream. So we didn't always have ice cream in the house. So when it snowed, Mama made snow cream, which was a huge treat to us to have ice cream that wasn't on Saturday night 
in a pint cup. So I guess it's more nostalgic for me than anything. Every time I eat ice cream, I think about my mama. Yeah, I feel you that. Know. Snow cream. Well, yeah, snow cream. Well, sometimes ice cream, but yeah, mostly snow cream. Yeah, I think about my mama. Dude, I swear though, I don't know. I can't remember what you said, a pint of something, but you said your daddy let you pick out a pint of something and I thought you were going to say a pint of vodka. And I was like, oh my no, Lord. No, you know, I can honestly say my daddy never bought me a drop of alcohol. Never. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, never, never bought me a drop. Now, daddy, daddy was a, a reformed alcoholic and, uh, a reforming alcoholic, because you don't ever reform from alcoholism, but he was a reforming alcoholic, and he loved beer, so he would drink the non-alcoholic beers, uh, like Sharps, Old Duels, and things like that. But, you know, I don't recall from about the time I was six or seven years old ever seeing my daddy touch a drink of alcohol, and he worked in a liquor store. Mm-hmm. Crazy, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, to be right there with it and not touch it. I mean, daddy had his faults, but man, that's, that wasn't one of them right there. He was, he, when he quit, he quit, you know, uh, but going back to the snow cream, like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit bummed. I didn't, I didn't get any this time, but that's my own fault. I should have went well, out there and scraped it up. And I was about to say, I'm sorry. I didn't go get some snow off the ground for you out there. Oh, well, you know, it is what it is. There'll be another snow one of these days and we'll, we'll have fun making it. I don't know if we'll get one this year. No, I think we're done this year. I do think we're done yeah. this year, which I'm 150% cool with. I had to make a trip to Michigan and it was freezing there well i bet you can make all kinds of chicago and it was freezing there i remember this this it was a couple months ago i made a trip up there with creative vets and we were walking me and the other gentlemen that were with me um kyle and chris we were walking down one of these alleyways right next to whatever lake we were on forgive me for not knowing but we were right on a lake and so you need a geography lesson the wind that was coming off of the lake which, by the way, had waves like it was an ocean, and it was frozen around the outside, which I had never really seen anything like that before. That was pretty. That was pretty cool and intense. Like people were walking out on the on the ice in the lake, and I was like, "Dude, that's like that's some hardcore stuff right there, man." I don't need a thrill that bad. Well, I, I, so you you bring up the lakes. I forgot to oh, before you say that. I forgot to say when I was walking down that alleyway and it was snowing. I mean, like, you could not open your eyeballs to try to walk to see the ground because the snow was hitting you in the eyeballs and the wind was just, I mean, it was. Feel like little bullets hitting you in the eyes. It felt like little, 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 little BBs. BBs. Yeah. Yep. All right. So you, you mentioned the lakes and I, I'm like you. I need a geography lesson on which lake is which. You know, I know there's Lake Michigan, Lake Superior and, you know, the Great Lakes. So I had to make a trip to Bayport, Minnesota one time. This was, you were just a little bitty guy with some builders to tour a window plant in Bayport, Minnesota. Okay. So we had, we flew into Chicago, then flew into, into, uh, St. Paul airport, Minneapolis, St. Paul, spent the week up there. Then on the flight back, now, I don't know. Maybe we didn't fly over the lake on the way up there. I can't remember. But on the flight back, I'm sitting next to one of my builders, and I'm sitting next to the window, and I doze off. 
you know, just for, for a little bit, 15 minutes or so. And I wake up and I see nothing but water below us. And I'm going, wait a minute. Now, you know, you, you see the Great Lakes on the map and you go, ah, oh, that's, you know, you got to stop and think about it. one of them dips down and it's the same size as Florida. So I mean, it's, they're, they're huge. They're huge bodies of water, but you don't get it when you're flying over one that the water's white capping down below and it looks like you're over the ocean. And I thought we had been hijacked. <laughs> and so I started elbowing my builder next to me, you know, my buddy. And I'm like, Hey man, Hey, where are we? We're on top of, you know, we're over nothing but water. Both sides of the airplane, all you could see was water. And I, I was freaking out a little bit because this is probably like only the second or third time I'd ever been on an airplane. And he goes, yeah, that's uh that's one of the great lakes beneath this. And I went, seriously, they're that big. And he goes, yeah, one of them dips down and it's big, as big as Florida. And I thought, well, you learn something new every day. But yeah, so I did. I think that's the only time I ever thought I was hijacked on an airplane when it was that's flying good. over one of the great lakes. So that's good. But, uh, yeah, God's creation never, never ceases to amaze us. Very true. Very true. So what did you do in Chicago? I forgot. So that the art, there's an art facility up in Chicago and we have like an office there and creative events. Yes. And there were some things that needed to be taken care of and some, um, art that had been made that needed to be moved around and some storage and stuff like that. And it was a really good trip. Um, Kyle Yepsen, who works with creative vets, um, and is the brother of Luke Yepsen, who was Richard, Richard Casper's best friend who he lost beside him and in in combat. Um, and so I got to spend that weekend getting to know Kyle a little bit better. We, we'd gotten to, you know, talk and hang out, you know, work and stuff, but we got to really hang that weekend. That was cool. And, and Chris Bickle, which was one of the first veterans I got the opportunity to work with when I started working with Creative Vets back in February. I had already volunteered with Creative Vets mm-hmm. quite a few times, um, but that was after I started working with them. And, and so I got to know Chris um, very well early on, and he wanted to pour back into the program and has come back and at least mentored one time and um, – May or may not be uh, talking about trying to move out here to Nashville. Maybe oh, his family out here to Nashville. Wow, that'd be cool. That would be really, really cool. So, um, uh, anyways, yeah, we we all three got to spend some time doing the work that needed to be done there at the office, and got to see. I mean, just a little bit of the city, and um, it was it was a really good time. I, I love hanging out with both of those guys, and uh, it's it's hard to. Like you, you always got good people at Creative Vets. If that makes any sense. Well, I, I tell you, it's just the the amount of time I've been around Creative Vets is like some of these events and things that they have. The people that you meet, first of all, are the sweetest, kindest people you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, they're they're just they're just so nice, and they're they're. Very interesting to talk to. Some people like to share their stories. Some people, you know, don't share as much. Um, but the ones that I've been around have just always been so super sweet to me. Uh, I'm not a veteran. Um, but I, I just, I admire these people so much for the sacrifice that they've made for our country. And, um, and to hear their stories is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's, 
And, and y'all have got some stuff coming up. First week in May, is that when you have your charity golf Gosh, tournament? I'll have to look it up real quick. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, I think Richard's it's going to be like, Jesse, why don't you know that? I think buddy? it's the first week in May you have a charity golf tournament and they have a silent auction, or they did last year. I'm sure they'll do the same thing this year. And it, uh, I've just got word from our camera lady who's also my spouse, my esposo. I guess that's, that's right. Me. That's right. Mama uh, Donna. Donna. Uh, May that 2nd. it's May the second. It is yeah, May the second. So, uh, if you're out and about and, uh, want to come hang out, sponsor. If you want to sponsor, sp- yeah. sponsor, there's definitely sponsorships open. I don't, I think that all of the like, I, I don't know how much of the, I don't know if the golfing positions are still open and things like that, but you can get on the website, creativets.org to find that. And then if you just were to Google, Creative Vets Golf Tournament. Right. It's the first thing that pops up. Right. Um, it's the second annual. And um, I'm really uh, – thank you for bringing that up. I, I'm really excited about that. I don't know how many of the veterans that will get to come in this year. Yeah. But last year there were several that I had I had worked with or gotten to know in the past through other programs. And it was really cool to get to see some of those guys and girls in person. I didn't get to go to the golf tournament last year, but I did get to go – to the silent auction that night and I got to hang out with some of the people and they had a lot of their works on display. I uh, did not get to go to the silent auction. You, you I mean, they had the, they had the stuff I had to play at Taco Bell. Oh, okay. All right. I had to go make some money. So they had these, they had a lot of their works displayed, a lot of their artworks displayed. And I'm telling you it to, to stand there and look at these. I mean, you really get to see the heart and soul of these people. Of what they what they witnessed and what they saw, and what they and how they're feeling and how they're dealing with their PTSD. It's 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 absolutely amazing. Um, I can still I can still remember some of the art pieces that I saw very vividly in my mind uh, because that stuff doesn't leave you. It stays with you. Mm-hmm. It stays with you forever. So, yeah, May the second. Uh, so, if you want to sponsor, jump on their creativevets.org. And uh, I know they would be uh, very thankful that you chose to be a part of that organization. Right. And then also, anytime if you ever want to donate, creativevets.org, you can make that happen right. there as well. Right. Um, while we're talking about that, listen to Creative Vets music. That's another another big thing. The music is out everywhere that you can buy or stream music. Just search Creative Vets. Um, and they have a project that they put out, I believe, is about – it's coming up on two years ago now. It may not quite be that yet, but um, it's a list of 11 songs, I think, eleven, <clears throat> maybe 11 or 12 songs. And um, then for the past several months, they've been releasing one song a month. And these are, again, all songs written by veterans for veterans with the help of some Nashville songwriters. If, if you do listen to their music, you will become a fan instantly. I think this is one of Nashville's hidden gems. Um. The the raw talent that comes from Nashville. I've always said that your best talent in Nashville often doesn't make it on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry or on the radio. That's a, that some of your best talent is seen in the, the the venues that we see around here, you know. And I think this is one of Nashville's hidden gems where these people are taking their thoughts, their recoveries, um their well-being and they're putting it 
into words with music that that we can listen to, enjoy, and also we get to know a little bit more about them. Learn from. Yeah, learn from. Yeah. Because uh, for me, hearing the stories, it, like, shapes the way I think differently. Oh, yeah. You know, because you you don't think about what other people have seen until that it has been presented to you. And then once it's been presented to you, you you have an opportunity to think about how life might be different if you had to look through their lenses. Right. And so, yeah, the, some of those songs to me are some of the, and it, and it could very well be too that, you know, I'm just getting to know some of these people. And I, so I get to see the stories a little bit more. Right. Vividly in person, but man, some of them are just some of the most ex- inspiring things I've ever heard. Oh, I there, there's no doubt in my mind, none whatsoever. Um, so you you did you did some stuff over there this week? What you what you get into over there this week? Well, I've done some lessons and writing and such, and then last week we had some filming going on. They had a program they went ran last week with five new veterans who all got to write with two Nashville songwriters and a mentor who had already gone through the program and already written a song with the program and was kind of their battle buddy in that situation. So you got four people in the room and in each room and then there are there were five veterans total that did that. We got to go to the Grand Ole Opry and write in the Back rooms, like cool. the, the dressing rooms. Yeah, it's really, really? Cool. yeah. It's exactly how it happened with that song, um, "Unbroken" that I wrote with. Oh, you wrote that Dan at the Grand Ole Opry? Yep. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yep, we wrote that at the Grand Ole Opry, and one of the, I believe, the room we were in was called the Cowboy Room, and um, yeah, that was really cool. I, I feel like when Dan and I were there this last week because he came into town, um, for this one, and. Uh, I think we we meant to take a picture in that room. I don't know if we ever did, so I hate that. But one cool thing that we did was in Minnie Pearl's dressing room, there's a piano play or a piano, right? Right. And uh, so Dan A. Bear is the guy I wrote Unbroken with, and he was talking about guitar, and he's done a few lessons with me through the program. And um, he was kind of giving me some excuses as to why he didn't play the guitar and why he didn't think he would pick it up that well. And I was like, okay, well, why don't you learn something else? Why don't you learn how to play the piano or something like that? And then we got carried on our conversation with Richard. And then I walked back out of the room a couple minutes later and saw that piano in Minnie Pearl's dressing room. And there's a nice gentleman who works security there named Dan. And I had already gotten to talking with Dan a little bit, which is funny. There's a lot of Dan's running around, but um, <laughs> this, this guy, Dan, we're in Dan overload here for security a little bit. Dad, super nice guy. And um, he uh, he was, I was like, hey Dan, do you think it'd be okay if I stepped in this dressing room and like played that piano for a little bit? I want to show show my buddy something. And he was like, I think it'd probably be okay if you did that. I was like, all right, sweet. And so uh, I ran back in the other dressing room. I grabbed Dan and I was like, hey man, come back in here. This is Dan A. Bear, veteran that went to the program. And I was like, all right, so check this out. You know, you're giving me those excuses about the guitar, but let me show you just just this real basic thing real quick on the piano, and I think you'll be, like, really surprised at how much you can pick up really quickly. And he's like, all right, cool. So I played one chord, 
and then like sang the first line to his song, and then I played the next chord, and then I sang the next line, like line to, of the song, and then I played the next one. So I wasn't doing anything like super difficult. I don't know how to play the piano that well, but I do know chords, and so I was just doing one chord right. Yeah. So it makes somebody who doesn't know how to play look at it and go, "Okay, that's attainable. I can, yeah, I can make that happen." Yeah. And so as I was singing his lyrics back to him, so I, he like he was like, "Okay, that's cool." I was like, "All right, so here." Look at that key right there and take, you've got three. I was like, think three. You're going to have one note, skip a note, one note, skip a note, three. And you're going to go up like this. And so I just started pointing at which ones he needed to play. So he would play the chord and then I'd sing the line. And then he played the next chord and I sang the line. He got this big grin on his face. That's and cool. It really was. It really, That's really cool. was. And so I was like, I really It's almost like that, it clicked, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was like, I really hope he goes home and gets a piano. And I don't know if he got a piano or not, but... Um, that was a cool moment for me, and I will never forget that, especially because it was in Minnie Pearl's dressing room on that piano. That's hilarious, right? You know, I was just sitting there thinking, wonder how many people listening to this don't know who Minnie Pearl is. Well, I hate to say that I don't have like a, I know who she is and I know about her, but like I don't have a lot of factual knowledge on the lady. That I, I met Minnie Pearl one time. Her name was Sarah, Sarah Ophelia Collie Cannon. And she was born and raised in Grinder Switch, Tennessee, which is right outside of Centerville. And uh, very, she came from a very well-to-do family and very well-educated family. And she went on to become one of the icons of country music comedy uh, and, and the Grand Ole Opry. And I met her one time, super sweet lady, super sweet lady. And her husband, Henry Cannon, very kind gentleman, very stately southern gentleman, uh did just very gracious that you would talk to him, you know, because everybody wanted to talk to Minnie, you know, and uh Mr. Cannon was just so very kind and, and sweet to talk to and uh that that's really cool. I didn't know that you got to go in her dressing room. That would that would be something I would like to do because I grew up listening to Minnie Pearl on Friday and Saturday nights on the Opry. Yeah. You know. And, uh, well, maybe we, we need to, we need to try to go. Uh, uh, so uh, that's another thing we got to do that week. I, I was fortunate enough to get to go to the Grand Ole Opry for my first time to ever see the Grand Ole Opry with creative vets. And, uh, I got to bring my lovely mother along with us as well. And that was just a lot of fun. And I was like, I, I'd love to get to go do that as a family sometime. I know it might, you know, be, as long as you can drop me off at penny, the door. But, I think oh, I'll pay a whole lot of fun. If you'll drop me off at the door so I don't have to walk, I'll pay for everybody to go. Maybe we'll count that as a Christmas gift or something. Yeah, like we that. could do a Christmas gift that way. That, it was, that way. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I think everybody, I think everybody would enjoy it. I, I, did I, you, uh, did you buy a goo goo? Mom bought some goo goos and I ate a couple. Okay. Uh, so funny story. Grand Ole Opry back in the early nineties, we would carry. Your great grandmother, Beulah Johnson, Granny Beulah, to the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, she loved it. Absolutely loved going to the Opry. And she would always sit kind of toward the end of the road just in case she had to get up and go to the powder room in the middle of the show. We kind of had her situated. And I can still hear Granny Beulah. Who called me? I don't think she ever knew my name. I think she always called me boy. 
and she would lean forward. I can still see her leaning forward in the in, in the in the seat, and she'd say, "Hey, boy, go get me a goo goo." So I'd get up, walk out. Go get Granny a goo goo. Of course, I had to get everybody else a goo goo. Well, I was, I, walk, I came back with the arm load full of goo goos, you know, and passing them out down the down the seats as as we uh, as I went made my way back to my seat. But uh, yeah, that's a wonderful memory of a wonderful wonderful lady. Uh, I miss her a lot. The thing that I remember most, you remember goo goos. I remember donut sticks, little Debbie donut sticks. Oh, I feel like she had them every time I came over. She kept them for your papa. Well, Which is her kept, son. She ended up keeping them for me, too, because I was a big fan. You spent a lot fan. of time at Granny Beulah's house growing mm-hmm. up. Because mm-hmm. Papa would go over there and eat. Yeah. Uh, but explain, <laughs> explain, to him, explain to him that Papa is your grandfather and Granny Beulah was Papa's mama. So that right. Granny Beulah was your great-grandmother and Papa was your grandfather. Right. Uh, Papa was Granny Beulah's oldest son and, and the pet of her pet. Her entire life. <laughs> and he would sneak over there during the day and eat donut sticks just so your grandmama wouldn't find out about it and fuss on him. Uh, so Papa loved, yep. Yeah. So you did spend a lot of time over there at Granny Beulah's house. Donut sticks. Little Debbie. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> some good eating right there now. Little Debbie. They're not, they're probably not good for you, but they do make you feel better, you know. Going down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. With a hot cup of coffee, good donut stick. Can't beat that. That's a great midnight snack right there. Yeah. Yep. But the the Opry was really cool, and um, I would really love to go experience that again. I've listened to it on the radio many, many times. and um, Yeah, you grew up listening to it. No kidding. I uh, I just really, really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. And- so who was your favorite artist at night? You know, that that may be a tough one. It, it really is hard to say because they were all really, really great. Um, Craig Morgan's always awesome. Oh, I love Craig guy. Morgan. There was a girl named Emily Ann that sang a song about her church, her home church. I can't remember the name of the song, but it was honestly one of the best songs I've ever heard. Really? Uh-huh. Hands down. It was amazing. She came out with her band, and she I believe she's from East Tennessee, and... and uh, yeah, she sang us. Uh, uh, her whole set was great, but that song about her church just blew me. Wow, blew me to the ground. Wow, it was really great. I don't know I if there's any recordings of it. I know she said that night that it was the first time that she had sang it, and it was just her and her piano player. So that was cool. And then there was a gentleman I did not, I had never heard of before, but I think his name's T. Graham Brown. Oh my goodness, loved that guy. You never heard T. Graham Brown before? Sorry. I had man but I loved every single note he sang. T. Graham Brown lived in uh, Fernvale for years. That's I could crazy. take you. It may still live in Fernvale. I don't know, but he lived in Fernvale on Old Harding Road for years, and uh, I used to see him out every once in a while. That's hilarious. Back he, in the day, I really, I really enjoyed watching him perform. That was a lot of nice fun. guy. Super nice. And Ricky Skaggs was there too. Oh, that love I, me that's some Ricky first, Skaggs. That's the first concert I remember going to, and I'm 99 percent sure it was at the Ryman, and it was with you and Sam Duncan. Those are the two people that I remember. Uncle being. Sam. 
I remember you trying, I think, to get me to meet Ricky Skaggs. I did. I you tried really me hard. Out in the in the lobby and everything, yeah. which cracks me up so it makes me laugh so hard when I think about that because I told him that I met Ricky Skaggs at Whole Foods one day. I was in college at Lipscomb <laughs> and I was studying for one of my exams and I, I was over there with one of my classmates and I walked past his his big old head of hair. Oh man, you can't miss the hair. No, you can't. No. And I was like, I was like, wow, that guy looked like Ricky Skaggs. And I kept walking up the stairs and I turned back around and I looked at him and I was like, holy cow. That's definitely Ricky Skaggs. And I went upstairs and I like checked my phone and everything. I was like, that is 100% Ricky Skaggs. I was like, that's like the first concert I ever remember going to see. And so I was like, should I go talk to him? And, and the girl I was over there with, she was like, I, I, yeah, sure. You should definitely go talk to him. And I was like, okay. So I worked up the nerve and he was sitting by himself. So I walk, uh, I walk up to his table and I'm like, Mr. Skaggs, I don't want to bother you during your lunch, but I did just want to come over here and shake your hand and let you know I'm a big fan. And one of the first concerts I ever remember going to see was you at the Ryman. And, and I just hope you have a great day. It's nice to meet you. And, and like, I, like, I think he held his hand out in that amount of time when I was talking to him and, and I started shaking his hand and then like turned around to walk away. And he was like, well, come here, young man. Like, I said, what's your name? What was your name again? And I told him my name again. And like, he ended up like having a probably a, a five or 10 minute conversation with me. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. And, and, and it like totally, wow. it totally was like, it's a really good feeling for me. I, you know what I'm saying? Like when you meet someone like that, that you have a lot of respect for and, and they end up being just like, oh, just more genuine than you would have imagined. Yeah. I, and I, I've actually met Ricky Skaggs in the business world one time and, uh, he and his wife, Sharon, Sharon White, um, but just wonderful people, sweet as they can be. I, I, I of course we were conducting business together and, and didn't, uh, and we didn't talk a lot about, you know, their careers and things like that. But, uh, you know, his wife, Sharon is part of the act, the whites <clears throat> on, on the Grand Ole Opry as well. They've been members of the Opry for years. Um, Ricky's Ricky's wife, yeah, Sharon, Sharon huh. White, yeah, huh. and uh, excellent people. Ricky's a great entertainer. I mean, just his songs. I love his songs, and and I love to hear him sing other people's songs as well. But just to, he 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 is an instrumentalist. Yeah, is crazy because he can flat play anything he picks up. Got um, to hear that Highway Forty Blues. Highway Forty Blues, <laughs> man, man. That's a great one. That's a song it. that you can play on G with G, C, and D on a guitar because my daddy taught me that song. I couldn't <laughs> he, play it now to save my life. A, I think he plays a couple more chords than that on it. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> like 30,000 chords on that thing. He's amazing. He He's amazing. Um, Do you ever get starstruck when you meet somebody? Yeah, I definitely did then for sure. So you got starstruck when you met Ricky Skaggs? Mm-hmm. I don't generally get starstruck. I, I recall being starstruck one time. I don't know if you, I mean, I get anxious. Like I get anxious before I play a show. Like I'm nervous like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I, this dude got sprung on me, right? Uh, so we go to church with a guy by the name of John Byer. And one time, uh, John was doing some building and remodeling, uh, and I was 
providing him some with some materials. And he called me one day and he said, Hey, can you meet me at a house in West Nashville tomorrow morning, eight o'clock? Yeah, I can meet you there. I said, so we met at the end of this guy's driveway. I had no idea who we were going to see. Right. And he didn't, he didn't divulge any information as to who we were going to see. So we get down at the end of the driveway. John comes up to my car and he says, Hey, he said, I, I want you to know we're going to see somebody that you may know, but I don't want to tell you who it is. And I said, okay. I thought it could be somebody from church or whatever, you know. So we drive up this guy's driveway. We get out. John goes up, knocks on the back door. This gentleman comes to the back door, and it's none other than Peter Cetera. Does that does that name mean anything to you? Don't hate me, but. Okay, I don't hate you. It, it, I knew it would or it wouldn't, so it's just one of those things. Peter Shatera was the lead singer for Chicago okay, for yeah. years. I've got a couple of Chicago records. Exactly. Chicago 17 came out when I was a junior in high school. In my opinion, the best Chicago album that was ever put out, and I, I like them all, but that was the best one that was ever put out, and Peter Shatera was the lead singer on that. I was so starstruck that I could hardly speak. <laughs> and can you imagine me not being able to speak? I mean, I was like, "Good, good, 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 good morning, good morning." And I was shaking his hand. That's hilarious. And it was one of those times where you wanted, I wanted to let go of shaking his hands, but my hand wouldn't, wouldn't let, <laughs> wouldn't. You know, my brain was sending messages to my hand, but my hand was still shaking, shaking. this guy's hand. Uh, we went in through the house and you know talked about the remodel that was going on and things like that. We're probably there thirty, forty five minutes. And we get ready, we get ready to leave. And I, I, I said to myself, I have to let this guy know that I know who he is. You know, I, I have to let him know that, that being, seeing him as, is one of the highlights of my week, you know, because I grew up listening to Chicago, Chicago 17, listened to it for, you know, two or three years in high school. And so, I, I work up the nerve, and I said, Mr. Stare, I said, I just want to tell you what an honor it is to meet you. Uh, I've, I've always enjoyed your music. I enjoyed your solo music that you put out when you were a solo artist, especially enjoyed you being lead singer of Chicago. And I said, and by the way, do you know how much sugar I got while listening to Chicago 17? Okay. I know you don't like to think about that. But, yeah, do you know how much sugar I got while listening to Chicago 17? And he looks at me shaking my hand, and he goes, yeah, me too. <laughs> and it was just like this big, iconic. We we had a moment there, okay? Peter Satara and I had a moment. I'm so glad you had that moment. I know, me too. I mean, it's, it, was, it, was, it was the only time that I can recall being starstruck. And I've met, you know, living in Nashville, you meet all kinds of celebrities and um, you know, especially being in the business world, you know, providing building materials and you get to meet people and things like that. But I'm telling you, that was, that was the one and only time that I just remember being just completely starstruck. And uh, I have to thank my buddy, John Byer for giving me that, uh, giving me that opportunity and that moment that Peter Stare and I shared. Didn't you see, uh, Eric Clapton in a sushi restaurant one time? I did. 
and uh, that was with us. We were all together. We were together, and and here's the deal. I didn't even. This is hilarious because I ended up after that going on and spending a lot of time on the guitar and learning very quickly um, who he was. Once I started to spend, um, you know, more devotion learning about guitar, dude. I did not. I didn't even know who he was. Then. I recognized as we were walking in, Eric was walking out, and there, there there were some people with him. I don't know if it was one, two, three, whatever, but there were some people with him, and it was one of those moments where you saw the face, you reckon you knew your brain says you know that guy, you've seen that guy, and he had already walked out on the sidewalk and taken a few steps away before I realized who it was. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have stuck my hand out and shook his hand. Yeah. You know, you talk about a, a great artist and a great entertainer. I remember when you smacked oh. me on the shoulder. You're like, dude, I think that was Eric Clapton. It was, I was Eric like, who's Clapton. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I found out. Yeah. That's yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. I got to, I got to see, uh, at least see him. Uh, yeah. I met Ricky Skaggs. I've met, uh, uh, Ray Stevens. I've met, uh, many Pearl. Um, you know, I'd, I'd really have to, you know, it'd be interesting for me to just sit down and make a list one day of all the celebrities that I've had an encounter with. But the one I'll never forget as long as I live is the encounter with Peter Cetera. That's that moment hilarious. we shared. Yeah. We shared a moment. It was a real moment. That's pretty hilarious. I'll have to go listen to some Chicago. Oh, get definitely. We need to get you a Chicago 17 album. It by far my favorite. My favorite. So I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to listen to it the same again, though. Like you, you can't let stuff like that bother you, son. <laughs> you know, you just gotta, you just gotta kind of take it and then say, you know, Dad was, I was something else when I was in school. Classic tuba. I was a tuba player. Yeah, I really wish that you still had one. I wish that you still had one. Dude, I don't even know one. if I did. I don't even know if I could pick it back up or not. It was it was a very fun instrument to play. I I always I never did really enjoy it then playing the tuba because you kind of have a stigma that follows you. You know, it's not it's not the cool instrument in the band to play unless unless you go to some place like uh, these college football teams and then they have taken they've got whole tuba sections <laughs> and they are amazing. And they're just so much fun to watch, you know. But the tube is a very interesting instrument. Uh, I enjoy playing it a, a lot more than I ever let on, to be honest with you, you know. Yeah, there are a lot, there are a lot more cool instruments out there to play. You know, I always liked the saxophone. Never was smart enough to play it. You know, the tuba's only got three keys, sometimes four, but saxophone's got like a million keys, and I never would have figured, I never would have figured that out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I was in the band. The only, Tuba solo artist that Fairview High School has ever had was in 1986, and that was me. I played Amazing Grace in the marching band. It was a. I would love to have a recording of that now, dude. I would give anything to have a. Recording. I would love to have a recording of that now, just to, just to, now even if it didn't have sound, just to see what it, what I look like. Because I would like for you kids to see that because I. Y'all don't believe me when Dad, I tell you I was something else. Dad, you should get a tuba and I'll record you playing it up here in the studio. I might be able to pick it. I might be able to pick that back up, but I can record you playing it up here in the studio. Oh, good lord! Then everybody could listen to it again. All of our neighbors would be right leaving. 
We'd, we'd, we'd own the whole neighborhood because they'd all leave. <laughs> dude, you on the tuba and me on the lap steel. I don't know, dude. I, I don't know that those two instruments mesh very well. They probably But who knows? Don't. You know, it, I mean, there have been, been stranger uh, combinations, that's for sure. Well, you know, we've made it through most of the time that we have left here before we will have to cut it off here in a few minutes. So yeah, we, we got go go to go down to grandmama's. Got to go birthday Sunday. Yeah, we've, we've got one. I've got one grandparent left, and it's my mama's mama. And she likes to have a birthday Sunday lunch like once a month where she gets as much of the family together as she can. And so we always try to go make that happen, if at all possible. And we're going to do that today. And it's always a really good time to see everybody and to get to see her and just, you know, hang out with the fam. Yeah, man, I love going to Grandma's. She's making chicken salad today for me. Oh, no way. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. I love her to death. She's all, she's, she is probably one of the best people that I know. A little quirky. Oh, so quirky, but a little I love quirky. Her. But man, you know, it's, she's that type. If she finds out that you're coming, she's going to make whatever you like. She was wearing you know? my shirt the other day when she was. Oh, yeah. Me. Yeah, she was. She was. So uh, here's a request that I have for you. And it's because I I just think you I I know we, unless you have another one you, you want to tell that you've got a story on I know we've told several stories today already but it's going to be hard to top the moment that Peter Stare and I share that's pretty yeah that's pretty hard to top so what about um I want to hear another story about Papa I don't care which one you tell but I want to hear one about Papa gosh you, you tell some pretty funny ones there's so many stories to tell um so. <laughs> Papa, my father-in-law, was so just one of my favorite people in the world. He he was he was funny, quiet. He's one of those funny, quiet people. You know, when he when he spoke, he 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 always said something just strangely hilarious. I mean, he just had a knack. I don't know. I don't know where he got it. But anyway, so they would take. After Labor Day every year, they would take a month and go rent a condominium in Florida, in Panama City, at the summit. And we would take a week and go down there and spend the take you kids out of school, and we go down and spend a week with them. Uh, probably some of the best trips I've ever taken in my life, and I've taken a lot of trips, but some of the best trips I've ever taken in my life were spent with my mother and father-in-law and you kids and your mama at the summit in Panama City. Uh, we just, they, they treat us like royalty while we were there, you know. And so one day, we're sitting there in the condo, and your papa comes out of the bedroom, and he says, Honey, that's what he called your grandmom, Honey. And she said, What? He said, I think I've been taking some of your pills. So he comes on down the hall, and she said, what are you talking about? He said, I got your pills mixed up with mine. I've been taking some of your pills. Come here and tell me what I've been taking. And she went over and looked at him. She said, oh, Lord, Donna, you've been taking my, you've been taking my hormones. And he said, hormones? She said, yes, you've been taking my hormones. He said, I thought those were my blood pressure pills. She said, no, those, how long have you been taking? He said, oh, I don't know, a week or so probably. And he turned around and he said, I've been wondering why I've been feeling a little weepy here lately. 
<laughs> That's because he was pumping his system full of estrogen. <laughs> And, and I did. <laughs> and a little, a little while later, because I could not let this go, I had to say something to him about it. Right? You know, and I said I've been noticing uh, that you've been a little, a little weepy here lately. And he said, "Shut up." <laughs> I said, and I didn't want to mention it, but I think your breasts are getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets up and walks off. <laughs> I don't think he spoke to me for two days. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's hilarious. So Papa, Papa and the estrogen pills. That was pretty cool. You know. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to laugh that hard. <laughs> oh, he was a wonderful man. We had a lot of fun together. And there, there's a, a million Papa stories to tell. There's just so many of them, you know, but that one. That one right. Your grandmother denies it today that that ever happened, but it did. I've got your mother's a witness, and uh, of course that's a, that's another thing about grandmama. If, if you tell something, she will she and 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 she will have witnesses that saw it in the room, and she will stand there and deny it ever happened, and she will work extra hard to make you out a liar. But I I try not to tell anything in front of Grandmama where I don't have a witness there to to, to back me up because she's gonna say, "Oh, Travis Taylor, you sitting there lying through your teeth." Oh, dude, when she hears these, she's gonna be. I need an episode on your. I need an episode on your podcast. Hey, you know, I gotta come on there and set some stuff straight. Hey, let me tell you something. Having Grandmama on here would be a trip. I, I know it. I know it would. I already thought about it. I'm already already working on it. But we got. Oh. I wanted us to get a couple couple down. Yeah. Just the two of we us. We definitely we, need to get her on here. She'll be on here for sure. I'd love to get her telling some stories too. Oh, me too. Yeah. It'd be yeah. great. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm fixing to go get pizza. I was about to say, I think our time is unfortunately up and uh, we didn't even have to bust out the Kleenexes this week. No, but we, there's always next time. There's always next time. And, it, and, and I, with the laughing I just did right then, I almost had to bust them out. <laughs> Pop in the estrogen pills. <clears throat> But thank you guys for hanging out with us today. Um, this has just been a, a really cool opportunity for me and dad to get together and tell some stories and hang out. And um, I love listening to my dad tell stories, and I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to him and me tell some. And we got more for you. Just hang on tight. Love y'all. Peace. Peace. Because I